can uh, name that tune in 72 notes. Jackie, I'm not sure if you knew that was coming on. Can, can you name that song? Do you know what that is? I'm assuming it has something to do with a superhero movie, but I have no clue. See, uh, Dusty was all excited. He's like, oh my God, I've got the Endgame theme song. Can we play it? Should we play it off the top since we're going to talk Avengers Endgame? And I'm like, whatever floats your boat, Dust. That's <laughs> Is that like that recognizable of a song? Uh, yes, it is. I'm voting, weigh, weighing in here. Uh, okay. Team Dusty. That's completely recognizable. You well, and Jackie should both be fine. Okay, but Dusty, yeah. I oh, talked to him yeah. earlier off air, and he said he wasn't that big of a fan, so I'm going to bring him down with me. <laughs> well, first of all, I think Vicki Sparks, pop culture expert who's in studio to uh, discuss a few matters uh, with us, uh, your vote here doesn't count because oh. as pop culture expert, you should be able to recognize right. the team. Right, okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Dusty, were you particularly moved by that score? Uh, you know what? Having seen a, a bunch of the Marvel movies, um, I was never particularly impressed with the scores. They weren't that memorable. And then this Avengers one suddenly just, it's one of the few that is just like instantly, you know, it, it, it's recognizable. Are we sure? Are we sure it's recognizable? <laughs> I, I would I would know the melody if I heard it in a different context. Can, can we play one more time? Can All we right, hear it let's, again? Let's, let's hear it again. It's so nice. Let's play it twice. See, when I heard that, I was sure that was just from Avengers. Like Avengers 1, not, not Avengers Endgame. Nope, specific. It makes me want to put a cape on. Then it's done its job. (laughs) Anyways, we play that because uh, Vicky Sparks, as I mentioned, is here. And uh, Avengers Endgame has uh, been uh, crowned the new box office champ of all time. Of all time, that's correct. It has finally beaten out Paul Avatar. Blart? No, but that was Paul Blart Mall <laughs> Cop. No. Close third. Close third, Paul Blart. No, yes, after a second, it re-released into theaters with some additional footage. They wanted this title. They were fighting for it. They finally did it. They have outsold Avatar by $3.8 million. Just oh. enough to clench the title for themselves. Just under $2.8 billion now is what yeah. Endgame is taking So not in. too shabby. Okay, uh, what does this mean for films moving forward, though? I mean, we've talked about this uh, a couple of times, you and I, about the superhero phenomenon and the fact that there's just too many of these damn movies, these superhero movies. Uh, Does this mean we're going to get even more? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if you are if you follow what's been happening at Comic-Con in San Diego over the weekend, Disney unveiled their fourth phase of the Marvel Universe yesterday. So we've definitely got more coming. They're also introducing, I think, four different TV shows featuring Avenger characters on their new Disney Plus streaming service. So the Avengers and their friends are not going anywhere anytime soon. But I do think this is one of the last times we will see a movie with that high a box office total. Okay, as I mentioned, nearly $2.8 billion and still counting. Uh, what is, do you think, the primary driver uh, behind all of this uh, money? Is it the nuanced acting that's going on? Is it, do you think, just the selection of superheroes? Or do you think, uh, much like a Dusty, people are just going for the theme song? <laughs> Obviously, the theme song's number one. Um, No, I mean, Avengers was very unique in that it was an event that was 10 years in the making, right? This was the culmination of 20 films that we had already been invested in. It was everybody coming together. This was an end of an era movie. You had to see it. It was the cherry on top of the Sunday they'd been building for a decade. 
we're not really going to have that, I don't think, in in traditional theaters um, again. And, I mean, compared to Avatar, which is sitting in the number two spot, that was the opposite, right? That was something completely brand new when it came out. Those special effects were things people had never seen before. They had to go and see it. It was a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Now, all these years later, those special effects aren't really anything fantastic. They don't still really blow your mind. Right. So we'll see, you know, as Avatar continues, will it? Will they fight back to the top of the box office? I don't know. I think Marvel and Disney are going to enjoy their place at the top for a while. What am I missing here? Because uh, I don't know what, I'm just tired of kind of the superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, every summer we get about four or five uh, of them, and they're essentially kind of the, the same movie. And this is, uh, you know, one of those times where I feel like I am living on a completely different planet than everybody else, because yeah. I can't believe so many people have gone to see this that it would uh, earn almost $3 billion. I think I think that's a f- fair thing to say. You're kind of either in the Marvel universe or you're not. And if you're not, then I can understand how all the superhero movies kind of feel the same. But I think what makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe stand out from the lesser superhero movies, we'll say, is that these are stories with depth. They're stories with character development. They're stories with fantastic acting. This is not a series of films that just wows you with explosions and special effects and has nothing to back it up. These are movies that could exist as simple plot stories on their own without the special effects and still be touching, still be moving, still have an arc that you want to follow and character development that you get hooked into. So I think I should make you a list and you should just start at the beginning and we'll see if you're singing the same song 21 movies from now. By the way, is this all adjusted for inflation uh, as well? Because yes. I'm wondering, like, where where are the Star Wars films in all of They're this? They're in there. They're very close to the top. I think Star Wars: Force Awakens is probably top five, um, but uh, compared to the old ones, I don't think the old ones are that high on the list anymore. Mm. Oh, before we leave the topic of movies, mm-hmm. uh, have you seen the two uh, big trailers that have been uh, released uh, in the past like three days? I have. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what one are you? What one are you more excited for, Mr. Rogers or Top Gun? Mr. Talk about Rogers, two extremes. Without a question, I'm not even convinced there are people in Maverick, the new Top Gun <laughs> sequel. I think it might just be planes that can just fly themselves, other than Tom Cruise. I mean, I was laughing. I was in the car Friday and I was scanning through the radio, and as soon as uh, the trailer dropped, uh, I guess a Comic Con, right? Yeah. Uh, Every DJ on every station is like, you got to hear the new trailer for uh, Top Gun. <laughs> oh, it's planes. Yeah, yeah it's, it was crazy. <laughs> and then I watched it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I like Top Gun. I'm excited for the sequel. Yep. I'm excited to see if they can do something. That trailer did not wow me. It was just planes flying fast. And I already knew they could do that. <laughs> Plus no Kenny Loggins. Exactly. Speaking of themes, Dusty, (laughs) where's Danger Zone? Come on, I mean, you find Endgame, but we have no Danger Zone. Well, one of the one of the best themes of all time. Just not quite as catchy as the Avengers Endgame theme song. Apparently not. Uh, okay, uh, also happening on the weekend, uh, you and I both watched uh, Netflix uh, was out with the new season of uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yes. i, I got to say that so carefully because you can mix it up so, so you easily. You can. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Eddie Murphy one, uh, yeah. which is getting uh, all the buzz right now. You saw the Seth Rogen? I saw Seth Rogen. I saw Martin Short. Uh, I saw one other one that escapes me, so you know it was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're out this new series 
you know, of the show that Jerry's been doing for a while to keep himself busy. Yeah, but let me ask you, and obviously it uh, might not have kept your attention as it otherwise would have, because you can't even remember the subject of yep. one of them. Uh, but I was reading this uh, article from the weekend that said that uh, Netflix essentially has kind of ruined this series, which started as kind of a hobby for Seinfeld yeah. and was just up on a YouTube channel. And then Netflix bought it up, threw a bunch of money at it, yeah. and it's maybe not as good. I agree 100%. I mean, really what you have here is a rich man's hobby. Jerry Seinfeld loves fancy cars, and he loves chatting about nothing with comedians. And mm -hmm. he had the money and the power to make those two things come together. And they threw up a couple of GoPros in the cars and filmed it and put it on YouTube for people to enjoy if they wanted to. Yeah, really kind of no frills in a lot of ways. No frills at all. You know, it has a silly name. It has bad background music that they get from like, you know, a free background music website. It had no production value. And that's part that was part of its charm. Netflix came along, paid $100 million for the series, which is insane, and then changed virtually nothing. But it changes your expectations now that it's worth $100 million. Now I want to see something. I want to see something more than Jerry shooting the, well, I don't think I can say that on the radio, <laughs> yeah. chatting with people, uh, you know, over a coffee about nothing. There are lulls. There are, you know, jokes that don't land. There are awkward pauses. There's no production value. And if you're going to tell me it's worth $100 million, then I need a little bit more. When it was a free mm -hmm. thing he was doing on YouTube to keep himself from just, I don't know, swimming around in his ducktails pools full of money all day long, I could understand that it had no production value. Does this drive you crazy like it drives me crazy that uh, when you just told me that Seinfeld got $100 million for this, it's like I'm thinking... How much money did he get just from Seinfeld right. itself and uh, that check that regularly uh, comes in from syndication? Oh, yeah. And then he just like, oh, I'm just going to do this little thing for fun on YouTube. And all of a sudden he gets another $100 million. Yeah, no, it's, it's a little bit crazy when you think about it. But I think the problem is Jerry Seinfeld is a smart guy. And he knows, too. I was watching the Eddie Murphy episode and I actually wrote it down. They were talking about Eddie Murphy and a movie he had done. It was his first big movie and how it made him feel pressure and it wasn't as much fun as when his career had been struggling. And Jerry Seinfeld said, the money gets bigger and the fun gets smaller. When you add money to a project, you tamper with the comedy and take the fun out of it. Right. So he knows. <laughs> he knows he's made the argument for us. He is in on the gig. He is just laughing all the way to the bank. He knows that they paid him $100 million for something he was doing for free out of the sheer enjoyment of it. And they have changed nothing, except for now he's even richer than he was. If you want to watch something really good with Jerry Seinfeld on uh, Netflix, uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but he goes back to, I think it's the Comedy Store yeah. or uh, whatever the New York version was, where he first started uh, his first big gig. Yeah. And he revisits that on stage yes, with the original material. It. It's fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah. That is really good. Yeah, it has something new to add to old material, whereas this is really just... You know, rich guys talking about rich guy stuff. Well, you know, yeah, it's funny how you can throw a whack of dough at something and uh, actually it's maybe not as good as the cheap version. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I think it too, there's always a hard line with Jerry Seinfeld where he comes off as a guy who at least for the last 20 or 30 years has lived in this incredible life of luxury, not a lot of obstacles in his way for anything he wants to do. And when you put him in the real world as comedians getting coffee in cars or however the actual order of that title <laughs> goes, 
does, he comes off a little out of touch sometimes. So knowing he's, you know, sitting on a hundred million for coming off a little out of touch while getting coffee in a fancy car that doesn't belong to him makes it that much harder to swallow. <laughs> What's the deal with all this money I have? All of this money. <laughs> Vicky Sparks, go. thank you as always. Thank you. <laughs>